Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the new Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here. She's socially distancing from home today, along with the entire About Mansfield news team. We appreciate you being here today as well. Coming up on the episode, Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to the new 54th Street Grill. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic appears to be speeding up its spread in Mansfield. And an old friend goes to space. Early voting for runoff elections starts soon. Looking for a good book to read? Little libraries are popping up all over town. In sports, we have the winners, the losers, and what's ahead for Mansfield ISD football. I hate snakes, Jacques. I hate them. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll find out why I need to show a little backbone in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. Alexis here with the seven-day weather forecast, and we will finish our two-part interview with Brian Certain from Bourbon Gospel a little bit later on in the episode. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hello, my name is Michael Evans, and I'm running to become the next mayor for the city of Mansfield. I've had the opportunity of serving here in Mansfield for 31 years, 10 of those years on the Mansfield ISD Board of Trustees, where I eventually became the president. I am running for mayor because I believe in smart growth in Mansfield. We should be a city that has master plan communities, master plan developments, developments that have in mind our first responders, our law enforcement officers, our teachers, and even our most seasoned citizens. The city of Mansfield is a beautiful place, and we should continue to leverage our funding to make sure that we have a robust downtown system. And in regard to economic development, we need to be reminded of the fact that the city of Mansfield is the attractive date at the dance. Be mindful that a good economic development strategy attracts corporations, retail, and restaurants that will lighten the tax burden on our citizens. I'm here to ask for your vote. Michael Evans for mayor. Early voting begins November 23rd through December the 4th with election day on December 8th. Paid for by the Michael Evans for mayor campaign. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, this is Tamara Bounds. For nearly a decade, I have worked with Mansfield citizens, city staff, multiple boards, commissions, and council members to bring good solutions to our challenges. That's why I'm running for Mansfield City Council Place 2. As your council representative, you can count on me to be your voice, to understand matters that are important to you, your family, and your business. 
And now is the time to make good use of our remaining vacant land, maintain fiscal responsibility while expanding taxpayer relief. We need to find lasting solutions to our growing infrastructure needs and recruit sustainable businesses that will provide higher wage jobs that give Mansfield a competitive edge over bordering cities. I am asking you to vote for Tamara Bounds for Mansfield City Council Place 2. For more information, visit my website, TamaraBoundsForCityCouncil.com. Paid for by Tamara Bounds Campaign. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, I'm Adam Larson, Operations Manager at the Mansfield Star Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID epidemic is continuing to increase its spread in Mansfield. Our roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, has the update. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. In Mansfield, the epidemic appears to continue its increasing spread. Each of the last six weeks, the number of active cases each week was bigger than the week before, from 164 at the end of September to 524 active cases on Monday, November 16th. It has more than doubled in six weeks. As an engineer, it's killing me not to be able to show you a plot, but you can keep Tarrant County's COVID-19 dashboard up on your browser tab to see many of the county numbers plotted with daily updates. You can find the link on the list of About Mansfield links. These 524 active cases are small numbers for a city of 77,000. This week's number is less than 1%. But the steady increase is concerning to public health officials, as the more active cases you have, the more likely it is that other people catch the virus if they are not taking precautions, and these newly infected people can similarly spread to people around them, etc., etc., etc. If a lot of people are not following these precautions, these numbers can grow very rapidly, as happened in New York in the spring before anybody understood what was going on, and apparently these days in El Paso. Back in July, the state and county saw a similar peak coming, and the governor mandated masks, closed the bars, did some other things. The spread leveled off in August and would creep back down to a lower plateau in September of active cases. If I recall correctly, the mask mandate is still on for counties with active spread. That would be us. So there are fewer bullets left in the government weapon against COVID. Tarrant County still has hospital beds and ventilators in reserve, though less than the numbers we had in September because there are more people in the hospital. The state and county are saving the remaining shutdown bullets for saving the hospitals from collapse, as is apparently happening in the the Dakotas and El Paso. County Judge Whitley is asking us to take the precautions as a matter of civic duty and protection of our neighbors. Wear a mask, keep your distance from other people, wash your hands, avoid crowds, and if you're old or sick, stay home as much as you can. Judge Whitley and his public health team does not think we have beaten the virus yet. I'll hit the rest of the numbers quickly. On Monday, November 16th, Tarrant County reported 2,021 Mansfieldians as having tested positive. 1,497 are estimated to have recovered and 29 citizens have died since the start. 
We had 166 new cases this past week, a bit higher than last week, though it's the fifth consecutive week of increase and another record high for Mansfield. We had no new COVID-19 deaths reported in Mansfield this past week. The last death was October 29th. Last week, Mansfield Independent School District reports 38 new cases among staff and 92 cases among students, both increases over the previous week. For context, Tarrant County had 7,315 new cases last week, a record high, beating the previous week's record high. Test positivity has increased to 16%, suggesting we are not testing enough to contain the virus. Last week, the county saw over 7,000 tests each day, a really higher number than most of our weeks, but it's apparently not enough. Countywide hospitalization with the virus has increased to an average of 617 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus each day. Each of the last eight weeks has seen an increase in this indicator. The county reported 33 deaths this past week, not a record, but up from where we have been for a while. Reporting from the Roving Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis will be back a little bit later on in the episode to give a tip of the hat to an old friend. Mansfield residents may feel like they just cast their vote for political races from president on down to our local school board. But now it's time to do it again as early voting starts on Monday in Mansfield for three runoff races. The race for mayor is between Michael Evans and Brent Newsom. Evans garnered the most votes in the November general election with 39% to Newsom's 30%, with over 28,000 votes cast between Tarrant, Johnson, and Ellis counties. Tamara Bounds will go head-to-head with Scott Bowman for City Council Place 2, while Yolanda McPherson and incumbent Courtney Lackey-Wilson will vie for Mansfield ISD School Board Place 7. Early voting runs November 23rd through December 4th, with the exception of Thursday and Friday, the week of Thanksgiving, and Election Day falls on Tuesday, December 8th. Read a good book lately? Aside from the local library, your chance to pick up a free book could be right around the corner from you. They're called Little Free Libraries, and there are a few give-one-take-one kiosks in and around Mansfield. Many of the little library boxes are homemade. For instance, the kiosk on Parkside Drive in the Lowe's Farm subdivision in Mansfield was built by a Girl Scout and earned a bronze award. LaShawn Hubenak created a little library on Main Street outside Dirty Job Brewing, but instead of starting from scratch, with hammer, nails, and wood, she took a different approach and brought life back to a box that was no longer being used. It's a repurposed newspaper machine, actually. I thought it would be a, a good way to repurpose something that wasn't being used. And the, the newspaper machine was already outside of the, the brewery, so I figured it's not being used by a newspaper right now, so... Let's turn it into something cool that people can actually use every day. Just a couple of miles off of 287 and Lone Star Road, you will find Carol Ritchie's little library. It is south of Mansfield, south of the city limits, about a mile. And we're off of Lone Star Road, so it is 14701 County Road 511. As an avid reader and a former reading specialist for Mansfield ISD, Richie simply solved a problem with a solution. I know living in the rural area for a good part of my life, there was no library to be found. And a lot of times people don't have good access to libraries because of different reasons. But 
I just wanted to do that um, for the people of my community, not just the people in my neighborhood, but people, anybody really that wanted to come and borrow a book or else if they really liked it, they could just keep the book. That's fine with me. Both Richie's and Hubenac's little libraries hold about 25 to 30 books, depending on the size of the books, and are usually stocked with a variety of genres. There's been fiction, there's been nonfiction, there's been like thrillers, there's been sci-fi, there, there's a wide variety. Oh, and there's also children's books in there too. So there's been a wide variety of different things. I have about half children's books. Uh, ranging from toddlers all the way up through teens. And then I do have adult fiction books, some hardcovers and some paperbacks. Hubenack and Richie accept book donations and will put them in rotation into their respective little libraries. It's all based on the honor system. You do not have to leave a book in order to take a book. So the next time you're strolling around downtown historic Mansfield... It is right outside Dirty Job Brewing. The address is 117 North Main Street. It's bright red. You can't miss it. It's got cute little things painted on it and different quotes from books. And it has a clear glass window just like a newspaper machine does. Or if you find yourself driving near Lone Star Road in 287, go put a smile on Carol Ritchie's face. It's painted red, so it's very easy to see on the side of the road. And we have a special parking area so people don't even have to be on the road when they're stopping. I would just love to see some people out there just, you know, having a joyful time getting a book that they they would like to read. And just, uh, you know, that's that's what get, that gives me joy, just seeing a, a person have a, a book that they would like to read and um, just having a smile on their face. And that puts a smile on my face, too. Again, Carol Ritchie's Little Library can be found at 14701 County Road 511. LaShawn Hubenack's library is out in front of Dirty Job Brewing on Main Street. And you can find other Little Library libraries around Mansfield by logging on to littlefreelibrary.org. It's a salute to an old friend who was launched into space earlier this week about Mansfield's roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, explains. Thank you, Steve. One of my old space friends is getting to do something really cool this week. This past Sunday night, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched from Florida, carrying a SpaceX Dragon space capsule with three Americans and a Japanese astronaut to the International Space Station, where they'll do a six-month tour of duty, doing scientific and engineering research, maintenance of the space station, and sometimes spacewalks. This mission has a lot of firsts. It's the first operational crew rotation in the SpaceX Dragon capsule, uh, the first four-person crew ever to fly in a capsule, I think, and the first African-American space station crew member, the Dragon's pilot, Victor Glover, who used to be a Navy test pilot. Among this crew is my former co-worker, Shannon Walker, who I worked with in the early days of space station development. She was a young, gregarious, tough-as-nails engineer, though a physicist by degree. She rose quickly into leadership and management positions and picked up her master's and Ph.D. degrees in astrophysics on the side. She applied to be an astronaut every time she was eligible, and after getting to the interview stage five times, she was finally selected. Persistence and Motivation The last three months of this coming stay, which is her second in time in space, she will be the commander of the mission, only the third female commander of the International Space Station following Peggy Whitson and Sunita Williams. I can't claim any responsibility for Shannon Walker's success other than chatting with a friend that this is one sharp kid. We do have another connection. We graduated from the same high school, Westbury, in southwest Houston, 12 years apart. 
It is likely we had the same calculus teacher, Mrs. Wagner. May she rest in peace. While I was a shy math geek, Shannon was drum major and math geek. I know these things because my high school's alumni Facebook page is going nuts with the news and everybody's swapping stories. Go Rebels, though they're now called the Huskies. If you want to know more about Shannon Walker, her Wikipedia page is pretty good, and she wrote an article about being an astronaut for Cosmopolitan Magazine after her first mission in 2010, and it's available online. As always, we welcome any science question from listeners. Put questions in an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Reporting from the luxurious roving science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. In sports, Timberview was the lone victorious Mansfield ISD football team for the week, downing Dripping Springs 55-28. Centennial topped Legacy, while Waxahachie defeated Mansfield High. Looking ahead to this Friday... Mansfield travels to Waco Midway for a 2 p.m. game. 7 p.m. games include Mansfield High takes on DeSoto at home. Legacy goes head-to-head with Midlothian at R.L. Anderson Stadium. Summit visits Red Oak. And Timberview heads west to Everman for Friday Night Lights. It's time for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? This week's question comes from Mark, and he writes, It costs so much to have a plumber come snake a sewer line. Would it be worth it to buy a self-feeding unit of my own? And my wife wants to know what I'm likely to break if I do it myself. Good question, Mark. And a pretty simple answer. No. Unless, of course, you want to drop a minimum of $300 on a tool that you won't use very often unless you've got really badly clogged pipes. And at that point, I'd probably recommend replacing the pipe. A self-feeding drain cleaner is definitely a tool for the pro. For the homeowner, if you find yourself having to snake out your drains, a small, handheld, quarter-inch drum unit is usually sufficient to handle most jobs at kitchen and bathroom sinks. I've got a half-inch, 50-foot loose snake that I use for larger pipes, and I got that when I lived in a house with galvanized pipe that frequently clogged because, well, stuff would get hung up on rusty and corroded spots in the pipes. Even that snake is more than most homeowners need, especially with PVC plumbing. If you're having a problem with roots and such, you've got a couple of alternatives. You can rent a three-quarter inch professional self-feeding unit for about a hundred bucks a day, and that'll chew through just about anything you need it to. Now, this is where your wife's question comes into play. The thing you're most likely to break is the tool itself. So be careful, and don't get too aggressive when feeding the snake into the pipe. The cleaning heads on these machines are durable, but you can get them hung up in a tangle of roots, and they'll occasionally jam up and come off, creating a bigger clog than the roots themselves. At that point, you're going to have to rent a drain camera to find the wayward cleaning head and then extract it, for which you might have to call a plumber. So definitely be careful when using this tool. Once you've got the roots cleared, you've got another problem to deal with in that the roots have broken through the walls of the pipe and you've got to replace it unless you want sewage leaking out into the soil. There's digging involved, obviously, and you'll want to know where to dig. It's helpful to know while you're cleaning the pipe how far the snake has gone down the line. That way, you've got a pretty good idea of where to dig in order to repair the leaks. 
I'm a big fan of drain maintenance, which to me has always meant occasionally running liquid or crystal drain cleaner into the furthest drains away from the street, allowing the chemical to course through the pipes and eat up whatever's in there along the way to the main exit. You can also drop some root killer in, usually by flushing it down the toilet closest to where the main drain pipe exits the house. Do that once or twice a year, and you should be relatively problem-free until someone overdoes it with toilet paper or one of the kids drops a Hot Wheels car or a Happy Meal toy down the drain. Thanks for the question, Mark. Hope you have happy drainage going forward and an idea of which direction to take. If you've got a home improvement or repair question for me, please send it along via the podcast email, or you can check out my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. Big or small, I'll tackle them all. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist. Terry Raswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that's askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Quitting smoking isn't easy. We all know that. It takes time and a plan. You don't have to stop smoking in one day, but you do have to start with day one. Thursday is National Smokeout Day, which could be your day to start your journey toward a smoke-free life. The American Cancer Society can help you access the resources and the support that you need to quit on the web at cancer.org. Day one of a smoke-free life deserves a ray of sunshine. Let's see if Mother Nature is going to cooperate with National Smokeout Day on Thursday. Alexa? On Thursday, November 19th in Mansfield, there will be mostly sunny weather, with a high of 76 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 58 degrees. In Mansfield for the next seven days, on Wednesday and Thursday, it should be sunny. Friday through Tuesday should be cloudy. Daytime highs will range between 60 and 78 degrees Fahrenheit, peaking on Saturday. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns need no irrigation this week. It has been over two weeks since the last measurable rainfall, but sprinklers can likely remain off. The top few inches of soil is likely dry, but there is moisture a little farther down. Lawns with sandy soil may need some assistance soon. Use a water hose for newly planted trees, plants, and dry spots. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, we will conclude our two-part interview with Pastor Brian Certain from Bourbon Gospel. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team. This is About Mansfield. Southwestern Adventist University is a proud sponsor of today's show. Known for the friendly community and located in the small town of Keene, which is just a 20-minute drive from Mansfield, Swallows' campus has been safely open this fall. They also offer online classes for those who need more flexibility. Whether you're interested in their online or on-campus programs, you can find out more information by going to swau.edu. That's swau.edu. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. 
the face-off spot, and daughter of the other woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Introducing Coldhammer Stills. What is Coldhammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. Ooh, what the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Coldhammer Stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. Last week, we spoke with Brian Certain from Bourbon Gospel, and I'm certainly glad that we did because it was one of our most popular episodes to date. Some of the things that we learned last week, bourbon is not just a guy's drink. Bourbon was legal as a medicine during Prohibition. Bourbon must be a minimum of 80 proof, but no higher than 160 proof. And bourbon was declared by Congress back in 1964 as a unique product of the United States. And that's where we pick up part two of our interview from Bourbon Gospel with Brian Certain. It is American history. It's the only distinctive U.S. product um, that's a spirit that's of the United States. Congress has said so uh, again in 1964. So celebrate it and celebrate your friends and your family with a distinctly American product, which is part of why I don't drink scotch. Um, is that I'm not Scottish. I'm an American. Um, I say that the only reason Scotch tastes good is because it's aged in bourbon barrels. Okay. Um, so. That's right, because there's Scotch whiskey, there's Irish whiskey. Canadian. Uh, oh, Canadian whiskey. Japanese. Right. And, um, and so those, those bourbon barrels can only be used once mm-hmm. um, for bourbon, and so they have to do something with it. And so for decades, there was a whole cottage industry that went, all those barrels went to other liquor manufacturers. Now they go to beer distillers. Um, barbecue sauce. I have a bottle of barbecue sauce from maple, Salt Lake. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Um, or, kim- kimchi. Or coffee. Coffee beans. Yes. I we My wife and I were shopping in Costco just last week, and we saw bags of coffee that had been, that came from aged bourbon barrels. Bourbon barrels. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, barbecue sauce. Huh. Um, I've got barbecue sauce from Salt Lake that was aged in bourbon barrels. I've got um, soy sauce that had been aged in bourbon barrels. Kimchi is aged in bourbon barrels. So again, uh, red wine, white wine, there's many products that they use those barrels for. Planting pots. Um, oh, yeah. So again, the barrels are used for a variety of products. It creates for every job that exists in the bourbon industry in Kentucky. There are three other jobs in Kentucky created by the bourbon industry. So it's a huge industry source for the state of Kentucky. Even in Texas, we have a Texas whiskey trail. Um, and there's about 14 distillers in Texas of whiskey. Not all of them make bourbon, um, but they make whiskey that are, um, that you can now do. It, 
is much tougher because we don't get the cold. Um, we get much hotter summers than they do in Kentucky. We get much more temperate winters. Um, and so the product is very different than what comes out of Kentucky, but that doesn't make it good. That doesn't make it bad. It just makes it different. Right. Um, and as someone who's lived in Texas for 36 years, I love talking about what makes those bourbons distinct and uniquely different from Kentucky. But of the best bottles I've ever tried, because um, people always try and say, you know, what's your favorite? And that's like saying, well, trying to pick a favorite child, that which is easy for me because I only have one. <laughs> I was That was my next question. Yes. Of the 200 plus bottles that you have, do you have a favorite? I have and, favorite bottles. Okay. Um, I don't have favorite manufacturers. I have favorite bottles. So, and see, as a musician, people come to me and go, oh, what's your favorite? song? What's your favorite band? I don't know. I don't have one. Right. I like this one. I like that one, but I like them just as much. Or even what's it, your favorite guitar? Oh yeah. I don't have, well, yeah. <laughs> you have preferences, but you're not going to, you don't want to offend right. the other ones because well, they'll I, listen. I do have a guitar that I play on stage, which is different, a different brand, a different make, a different model than what I play at home. And I play three different guitars at home only one guitar on stage, but none of them are my favorite. I don't have 200 guitars, but someday. But, but if you could, you would. <laughs> someday. And, and if guitars cost what bottles of bourbon did, you would have 200. That's right. So, And let's talk about cost. The newbie goes into the liquor store and wants to buy a bottle of bourbon. What can they expect to pay for your average bottle of bourbon? Um, less than $50. Less than $50. Yes. I can point them to when people ask me, you know, what should I go looking for? I, I always try and point them to things that I know that are going to be heavy in stock. Mm -hmm. um, a Knob Creek. Um, uh, hundred proof bourbon made from the Jim Beam manufacturing, um, Beam Centauri. Um, that's a great one. Old Forester, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of the Old Forester 100. Um, you can get a handle of that for $40. Okay. Um, for cocktail making, um, my, my, um, so I'm the lead pastor at Bourbon Gospel. Um, my executive pastor, um, he and I have been in an experiment for about two years for what is the best handle of whiskey for cocktails. So we're, we're trying to, to narrow down. Um, and, and we've, we tried to go as low as we could go. And then we've kind of brought it back to, Really, what, what would we drink straight? What would we drink neat? And if it's not something we would drink neat only for cocktails, it gets removed from the equation. Um, so we're big fans right now of the old Forester 100. Mm -hmm. Um, again, $40 for a handle. Think that's a great value. Um, but we have recently fallen in love with Evan Williams bottled and bond 100. Um, bottled and bond means a hundred proof. Yeah. Um, the bottled and bond act was, uh, 1897. Um, little trivia fact. It was the very first consumer protection act in this country. It predates the Food and Drug Administration by nine years. Um, and so the very first Consumer Protection Act that protected people buying things in the United States, we thank Colonel E.H. Taylor for that and his pushing through the Bottled and Bond Act, which took him 10 years to push through, um, which declared that it, everything in it comes from a single distillery um, grown and distilled in the same year. 
Um, it's bottled at 100 proof and actually had a tax label over the top of it. it. At the time, was then aged in a federally bonded warehouse where federal tax agents stood guard over it. Um, and so that's what created Bottled and Bond. Ronald Reagan removed the federal um, warehouse provision um, back in 86, I believe. I believe that's correct as far as the year goes. But so the Bottled and Bond, but people are still making Bottled and Bond. The Colonel Taylor that I have here, the fourth bottle, is a, a perfect example of of the bottled and bond and what that tax stamp looked like. Um, and part of these bottles, because I'm, I'm looking at these three bottles of Elijah Craig, and then you've got a round cylinder looking bottles come in all different sizes and shapes. And in this case, this, this bottle is very tall, uh, yet very thin. So, because I would assume all, most bottles of bourbon all call come in the same amount of 750 milliliters, correct? Um, so they do come larger because you can get them in handles. Right. Um, so one of the things that Bottled and Bond also states it has to be in a glass bottle. Ah, interesting. cannot be in a plastic bottle. So that's another thing that you're, it's not in a tin can. It's not in a, um, a metal can. It has to be in a glass bottle. Um, and so. Do the bottles come in different colors? Like you've got beer where you may have a brown bottle, a green bottle, a clear bottle? Typically most of them are clear. Okay. Um, but they all, almost all have distinct shapes. I've been, I've watched shows like, um, um, Iron Chef where they have had a bourbon you know, they have bourbon on the back, yeah. but they remove all the labels because they haven't paid to have their brand advertised. But I, I, I infuriate the people around me because I can say, oh, they're pouring, you know, Maker's Mark or they're pouring <laughs> Colonel of- Taylor because I can tell from the shape of the bottle. Um, and so they almost all try to find a unique shape, um, a unique neck and unique body, squat, you know, whatever they, they find to be unique to create their own brand. And um, when I created my logo, I specifically uh, started to have drips yeah. on the logo. Um, and it, the original had three drips, but I was concerned about the potential of being called into court um, over a manufacturer called Maker's Mark who has trademarked the three drips. The, um, the little wax correct. that they have over their, the top of their bottle. Yeah. And so I removed that um, just so that I made sure I was not infringing upon their copyright. Um, because again, I'm not trying to be a manufacturer. I'm not trying to be a distillery. I'm just trying to spread the word of, of you know, why is bourbon unique? Why should I try it? Why should it be my number one choice? And and again, we, we talk about, you know, grain neutral spirits um, and because bourbon takes time. It also is one of the most heavily taxed. Hmm. Um, industries because it's taxed every year it's in the barrel. Even though the amount in the barrel goes down, it's still taxed on how much went into the barrel originally. So 53 gallons is the standard, but a bottle of nine-year-old bourbon might yield only 65% of what was put into it. So 35% became the angel share. And you're paying tax on the angel share. Absolutely. Every single year. Gotcha. Um, and so again, it's a, it's a heavily taxed product. And so, you know, it's again, another one of those things about being a proud American is, is paying our <laughs> fair paying share. taxes. That's it. Love it. Let's go back to your, uh, back to the prices. So, okay. So $40, $50 for average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely we'll, can find we'll, values in there. Right. We'll, we'll um, get you started. Yeah. But absolutely. You can find great bottles in that price range. In your travels. 
what's the most expensive bottle you've ever paid and what's the most expensive bottle you've ever seen? Um, so the most expensive bottle was actually earlier this year, a couple of months ago. My executive pastor and I, Hugh Hunton, um, neither one of us would have bought this bottle by ourselves, but because each of us were only going to pay half the freight, it became something we were willing to pay. And it was a bottle of uh, Kentucky Owl. Um, it was their eighth bottling, um, which is reported to be one of their best bottlings. And a liquor store was selling it at retail for $300. Okay. And so that's the single most expensive bottle that I've ever bought. I have a bottle of Colonel Taylor Warehouse C Survivor, um, which has a a great backstory, but um, I paid 85 for it. I've seen it go at auction for as much as $5,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've seen Pappy Van Winkle 23 on forums listed in the five figures. Um, and that's a $230 bottle at retail. I would assume these have been aged or these are really old. Yeah. So Pappy Van Winkle 23 is 23 years old. Oh, okay. The aging process ends the minute it goes into a bottle. Gotcha. So even if you have a bottle that you find from the 60s, doesn't make it. Now, a 60-year-old bottle, it's whatever the age of the whiskey was when it was put in the bottle. Okay. So, Um, a 23-year-old... Was in the barrel for 23 years. Gotcha. Right. And that is reported to be certainly one of the most sought-after bourbons in the world, if it's not the best. And again, it's all about individual preference. Some people love Italian food. Some people love Mexican food. It's about preference based on your palate, your experiences, things like that. Do you have a favorite cocktail that from bourbon? That's a great question, and I've not been asked that before. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wimp out and say it's gonna be one of two. Um, it either is going to be a very well, maybe one of three, a very classic old fashioned like what we have today. Um, one of the derivations of an old fashioned that I made starting about two years ago is I make a strawberry balsamic simple syrup. So I make a simple syrup um, that I put strawberries in while I'm boiling the water and then let the strawberries steep in with the melted sugar. And then I puree it um, and then strain it multiple times to remove the pulp and the seeds mm-hmm. and things like that. And then right before I put it into a bottle, I add balsamic vinegar. Interesting. Um, and it creates the most complex simple syrup that I've created. Um, a lot of the, and, and have fun with simple syrups. When I'm teaching bartenders and talking to friends and talking to newbies about cocktails, I tell them have fun with, you know, learn, you know, learn the proportions you like. I'm a one to one, one cup of water, one cup of sugar, bring it to a boil, melt the sugar. You're, you're good to go. Right. Um, Alton Brown, the famous chef from the mm-hmm. food channel, right. he's a two sugar, two parts sugar to one part. Um, I think that creates a much more of a syrupy um, that's harder to get it to dissipate in a cocktail. Um, I've used agave as well in the past, mm-hmm. but agave as well is so viscous that it's hard to break it down in the cocktail. You end up with a residue of the agave at the bottom. And so the one-to-one I find creates the best cocktail syrup I even use it in my espresso in the mornings. I've played with blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, peaches, watermelon, all type of simple syrup. So have fun with that part of the process. But the strawberry balsamic, so that old-fashioned with that particular would be really high on my list. 
And then third would be one that I call a Texas sunset that I entered the, the, um, the amateur bartender contest, um, at, at Bourbon Fest and won it. Hmm. Um, and I won it with my Texas sunset and it's, um, two parts bourbon, um, a half part of, uh, triple sec, some Republic brand jalapeno lime mixer. And then I shake that in a shaker till it's very, very cold, serve it in a martini glass, and then I will put a little bit of um, uh, raspberry liqueur on top oh and gosh. swirl the glass and the raspberry then settles. And and I got the name because I was sitting outside tasting it and looked up and I was like, that looks like a Texas sunset. Sure. Um, but the bit of the, the jalapeno and the jalapeno lime like, hits the back of the palate and kind of goes, oh, wait a minute. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and that's exactly what the judges said is that, you know, we were looking for something we didn't expect. And, you know, we were all looking for bourbon forward cocktails because it's a bourbon contest. Um, and so, you know, you hit that mark, but that little bit of jalapeno on the back surprised us. And I said, well, I'm from Texas. And they go, well, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, I did the same thing with a, I, I made a pitcher of margaritas one night for a, for a dinner party. And I uh, steeped some jalapenos through a strainer and threw that into the margarita blend. And someone came up to me during the evening and says, did you put jalapenos in the margarita? And I said, yes, yes. He goes, I, what a surprise. Uh-huh. You don't taste it. Correct. But there's just that slight little burn on the back of and, the palate. And I know a manufacturer locally that actually manufactures a habanero agave. Okay. Um, and I actually use that now with lime juice um, instead of the Republic brand. But that recipe I gave was the recipe I used in the contest. So I've modified it over the years since I made it. I would assume bourbon is um, universal enough to where you can... Can you pour it over ice cream? Have you heard of anyone pouring it over to ice cream? Yes, I have. Okay. Vanilla. Vanilla. Um, yeah. Um, and, and again, it's, you know, again, vanilla ice cream will take on anything, right? Sure. Um, it's a, it's a, basic plate. And so you're just going to get a little bit of that. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to make it a, a milkshake, but you certainly could. Um, I've certainly have seen bourbon milkshake recipes all over the internet for years. Okay. Um, and it just kind of depends on personal preference as to how boozy, quote unquote, you want your cocktail, your, your milkshake to be. So, and it's the same thing is that there's a product on the market called bourbon cream um, that I got introduced to at the 2012 Bourbon Fest. And it's primarily made by Buffalo Trace, but their product is extraordinarily hard to find, as are any of the products from Buffalo Trace, because they're so popular, they're highly allocated. Um, But it's much like um, Bailey's, except it's made with bourbon instead of with Irish whiskey. Um, And it's cheaper than Bailey's, too. So, you know, again, economy of scale, I love that. But I like it the way it comes, and I keep a bottle in the refrigerator, but I've been known to add an extra shot of bourbon and stir it really well to get me the real taste flavor that I'm looking for. Let's talk about bourbon gospel. Okay. Something you probably know a little bit about. I do. I do. First of all, you keep referring to yourself as the pastor and the the assistant pastor, Hugh. Yes. are are you you are you you're not a licensed pastor in the the the, the biblical sense? Are you? Well, again, so you know, I am a, a licensed pastor right. in the Unitarian Church of oh, the World. Okay, um, so you know, I can marry people. 
I did not um, know that. I okay. am. So um, more than 20 years ago, had a family member getting married, and there was concern that the pastor was going to show up. And so I was like, well, I'll just solve this problem. And so I applied and became that. So I can actually perform those services now. But um, it's it's very much tongue-in-cheek. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and really, it's about spreading the word of bourbon. Um, and, and spreading the word, and biblically, is spreading the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, we go on to, you know, talk about the miracle in the Bible that we all know about, which is when Jesus turned water into wine. And it wasn't just any ordinary wine. In fact, Mary chastised him and said, well, why did you bring out the best wine later? You don't ever do that. You're embarrassing the host. And he basically was just like, well, that's what I made. Um, and so what Hugh and I in our research um, is that we've uncovered some of the Dead Sea Scrolls where we found out that Jesus may have actually converted corn and water into bourbon. And so they're still deciphering those scrolls. And so we don't have a full um, interpretation of that yet. But again, we're, we're just going to play with it as long as we can. So. And so Gospel Bourbon, do you, do you have courses? Do you have online uh, tutorials? or, or define- So we, we post mostly, um, I have bourbongospel.com. So you can go there and find recipes and um, suggestions and um, uh, different things like that. We are more prevalent on Facebook. Um, so facebook.com forward slash bourbon gospel. Um, we're also on Twitter at bourbon gospel um, and also on Instagram at bourbon gospel. Um, and our email is bourbongospel at gmail.com. So you can reach us on almost any platform. And that also became part of the impetus to do it is, is I said, okay, that's what we're going to call it. And if these platforms are available, that's someone sending us a sign that we need to do this. And went the next day and all of those platforms were available. And I was like, okay, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's go for it. Um, So we kind of created it overnight and um, created a logo with it and and just have had fun with it since. We competed in the Meats, Mugs, and Music contest um, a year ago. They didn't have it this year due to the pandemic. Um, So we are currently the second best outdoor barbecue chef in Mansfield. Um, we are defending that title. Um, so, but for the second year in a row, we are the second best and we were number one in the people's vote. And this is the fundraiser that takes place at the lot. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, and so benefits the Mansfield Mission Center. Right. Um, and we competed in both years, did much better the second year than the first, finished second in stake. Um, and again, finished number one in the people's choice. And, and for the people's choice, we were serving communion. So I had because it's the bourbon gospel because it's the bourbon gospel. (laughs) And so we served um, steak that um, we had seasoned in our rub and that was the body. And we were serving a lighter version of the Texas sunset as the spirit. So with a with a toothpick, we said, here's the body. Here's the spirit. Go and have fun. Um, And then we had a collection plate there for them to put their tickets in. And and we helped them to get tickets if they didn't know where their tickets were. Oh, That's hilarious. So when and we. 
we won going away. Um, so we we had ninety eight <laughs> votes, and the second place was sixty three votes. So wow, by far we were the fa- we were the fan favorites that day. But I think that Mansfield people like a good cocktail, and um, and free cocktails may have helped us to uh, fill the ballot box <laughs> a little bit. We're talking with Brian Certain from Bourbon Gospel, and you can reach out to him at bourbongospel.com. Br- uh, Brian, what's your favorite ice cream? Butter pecan. Butter pecan. Yeah, I'm a Southern boy, so I've got to have a Southern ice cream. In Do you there. want to shout out a particular brand or just in general? Yeah, in general. Um, at, I, obviously, in this area, Bluebell. Yeah. You know, when, when we had the Bluebell shortage, the rest of the country didn't realize that we didn't have any ice cream. They thought that, that we just didn't have one brand. When we didn't have Bluebell, we didn't have anything. That's right. So That's right. As you know, because you're a regular listener, too, about Mansfield, that uh, we really get to know the interviewee uh, by way of the lightning round. And it is that time. I'm ready. All right. So as you know, uh, whatever I say, you just spit out the, the answer. We, got we, it. We go from there. So uh, we start off easy. Day or night? Night. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Soup or sandwich? Sandwich. Horror movie or comedy? Comedy. Save or spend? Spend. Straight or mixed? Straight. Amusement park or beach? Beach. Basketball or baseball? Baseball. Baseball or football? Baseball. Big party or small gathering? Baseball. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Small gathering. I'm a baseball fan. What's your favorite ice cream? Butter pecan. Brian Certain, again, from bourbongospel.com. Feel free to reach out to him. This has been, again, as, as a guy who's still wet behind the ears, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal hour that we've spent together. We appreciate you coming on about Mansfield. Well, I appreciate being here. I, I started with the, with the quotes earlier from Freddie Johnson. Sure. want to finish with a final quote Do from it. his, which is, it's not about the whiskey. It's about the lives you touch. It's about the people you meet. And whiskey is the byproduct of a good relationship. Freddie Johnson. Amen. We'll be right back. Congratulations to Kevin Brown, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What was Chris Burkett's title on the day of his retirement? Chris Burkett served the city of Mansfield for 32 years and retired in 2016 as the assistant city manager. Kevin has won a $25 gift card to 54th Street Grill. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to the brand new 54th Street Grill. It's located in the shops at Broad, serving quality food in an eclectic retro style atmosphere. You can check them out on the web at 54thstreetgrill.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, as you drive south on Main Street, just coming off of the railroad viaduct, the first visible house sits at the corner of 103 Van Worth Street, which is thought to have been built in 1870. Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace owned the home from 1889 to 1909. This week's trivia question is, who was Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who was Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace? Good luck, and thanks to Eli at 54th Street 
for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's our Thanksgiving edition of News, Talk, and Information, and we will have an in-studio conversation with a Mansfield resident who is a retired air traffic controller. If you've ever traveled on a commercial jet airliner, this is a must-hear. The show will be released on Wednesday, November 25th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Home improvement feature Terry Radswin. Sports Tommy Cummings. Post production editing, mixing, and mastering Steve Casillo. We thank you for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield.